For a large selection of books on a variety of apologetics themes, be sure to visit the Utah Christian Research Center, located at 579 West Galena Park Place in the city of Draper. The Utah Christian Research Center is open Wednesday through Saturday at 10 a.m. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. What did President Harold B. Lee have to say about obedience? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. We've been going through several books that were given away as Christmas gifts by the First Presidency between the years 1981 and 2017. And for the past couple of days, we've been kind of taking it topical, and we're still looking at the topic of obedience. And today we're going to focus primarily on a book that was given away as a Christmas gift by the First Presidency to other general authorities and some employees of the church, titled Stand Ye in Holy Places, Selected Sermons and Writings of President Harold B. Lee. Now, I might mention that this book, like other books that they gave away, are specially bound books, but books that you could buy. You can find them used. You can even find them still. Uh, some of them are still being printed to this day. This book happens to be a replica of what came out years ago, but this one was given away as a gift in 1995. Let's start by looking at what Harold B. Lee had to say on page 126 of this book, Stand Ye in Holy Places. He wrote, it was John who said that Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world in Revelation 13.8. Or, in other words, Jesus was prepared for an atonement. His sacrifice was to be made as a ransom for all of those who would obey him and keep his commandments. Now, when you read that, Eric, we know that in Mormonism, they definitely do not like anything that's max of Calvinism, as they would say. And of course, one of the five points of Calvinism would be limited atonement. Mormonism certainly does not like that, and it is a controversial subject, even within Christian circles. But notice what he says here, and tell me if this doesn't sound a little bit like how limited atonement is described. His sacrifice was to be made as a ransom for all those who would obey him and keep his commandments. Yeah. Can we assume from this sentence that if it's true, as Harold B. Lee is stating, that his sacrifice was not made as a ransom for those who did not or would not obey him or keep his commandments. Sounds like it to me, and yet I doubt if very many Mormons would like my interpretation of that, but I'm just going by the sentence structure that Harold B. Lee has given us on page 126. Then on page 185, he says this, The miracle of forgiveness is available to all of those who turn from their evil doings and return no more, because the Lord has said in a revelation to us in our days, quote, Go your ways and sin no more, but unto that soul who sinneth, and then he has in brackets meaning again, shall the former sins return, saith the Lord your God, end quote. And that's from Doctrine and Covenants, section 82.7. Have that in mind, all of you who may be troubled, 
with a burden of sin. Bill, I really like using DNC 82.7 when I'm doing evangelism because a lot of Latter-day Saints don't realize that their, their sins don't go away. They think they might be forgiven, but it's like it's in storage. And when you sin again, that same sin, then DNC 82.7 says your former sins will return. And I think Harold B. Lee does a really good job of explaining what I think that verse does say. When he says, all of you who may be troubled with the burden of sin, I think they might even be more troubled after reading what he just says. I was just about to say that, and I'm glad you beat me to it, because it doesn't sound like it's very comforting. It's almost like it's being said as a threat. Have that in mind, all of you who may be troubled with a burden of sin. In other words, you better get over that burden of sin. You better get over these things that are keeping you from celestial exaltation and do what you're supposed to do. Do not go back to your former sins, because if you do, you're still going to be held accountable for those sins. As he cites from DNC 82.7, Go your ways and sin no more, but unto that soul who sinneth shall the former sins return, saith the Lord your God. Let me ask you, folks, does that sound like good news? Does that comfort you knowing that if Mormonism is true, if you're a Latter-day Saint, If your faith is true and Doctrine and Covenants section 82 verse 7 is a truism, that means that if you go your ways and you sin no more, you're fine. But unto that soul who sinneth, and as Harold B. Lee has put in brackets, as you duly noted, meaning again, shall the former sins return, saith the Lord your God. Sorry, Eric, but that just does not sound like good news to me. It is not. And the last three quotes we want to deal with, I think, are all related, coming from the same book again, Stand Ye in Holy Places. The first one we're going to talk about is from page 242. This is what he says. All we have to do, I like that, because all we have to do sounds so simple. All we have to do in order to be prepared to enter the presence of the Lord is to forsake our sins, Come unto him, call on his name, obey his voice, and keep his commandments. Then we shall be able to see his face and to know that he is. Notice, Bill, it's all up front. You have to do all of these things. Then you get to see his face and to know that he is. And I'm going to say he is very consistent, I think, with what LDS unique scriptures are saying. The same thing. You have to do the work, and then you will have the opportunity, then, if you do everything, to see his face. But all we have to do is a lot more than I think people can actually accomplish. I think you're right. And that seems to go right along with what we discussed earlier in the week when we were citing from Doctrine and Covenants section 93. It also says basically the same thing, that if you're going to see God, you have to do all these things, which again goes against what we read yesterday when it comes to this idea of Mormonism somehow not being exclusive or that there's no damnation in Mormonism. There most certainly is, though they may even define that word differently than the way we understand it according to the Bible. On page 246, he cites 2 Nephi 25-23, a verse that we have talked about a lot on this show, and this is what 2 Nephi 25-23 says, For we labor diligently to write, to persuade our children and also our brethren to believe in Christ and to be reconciled to God, for we know that it is by grace that we are saved, after all we can do. And then Lee writes, the Savior's blood, his atonement, will save us, but only after all we can to save ourselves by keeping his commandments. 
All of the principles of the gospel are principles of promise by which the plans of the Almighty are unfolded to us. Harold B. Lee, the 11th president of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, seems to be understanding 2 Nephi 25:23 in a very traditional manner. He's not trying to say that that means only in spite of all you can do. He makes it very clear. But only after we have done all we can do to save ourselves by keeping his commandments. How many evangelicals, Eric, do you think would say anything close to this idea that we save ourselves? If there's one thing we as evangelicals understand, we cannot at all save ourselves. To even imply something like that is anathema to what we believe regarding the gospel of Jesus Christ, the New Testament gospel. It's not as easy as he's making it out to be. Listen to this citation. This is found on pages 366 and 367. When you think about it, there is so much promise in the gospel for so little required on our part. For example, the ordinance of baptism is given us for the remission of sins, for entrance into the kingdom, a new birth. The gift of the Holy Ghost gives us the right to companionship with one of the Godhead. Administration to the sick qualifies the individual with faith for a special blessing. By paying our tithing, the windows of heaven may be opened unto us. By fasting and by paying our fast offerings, we are told that we might call on the Lord and he will hear our cry and our call. Celestial marriage promises us that family life will exist beyond the grave. But all of these blessings are ours on one condition, and this is spoken of by Nephi when he said, and then again, he cites 2 Nephi 25:23. And again, it does not sound like Harold B. Lee is using 2 Nephi 25:23 in the way that somehow this implies that it means in spite of all we can do. The only way you get the benefits of that is after you've done certain things. But you know what I caught out of this, Eric, as you were reading that? When he talks about fasting and paying our fast offerings, we are told that when we might call on the Lord, we are told that then we might call on the Lord and he will hear our cry and our call. Really, I've got to pay God in order for him to hear my cry and to hear my call? It sounds like you've got to pay an admission in order to get the attention of the Mormon God. Is that what we believe as evangelicals? That if you haven't been able to pay up, that God doesn't hear you any longer? His first sentence of that citation just floors me, Bill. When you think about it, there is so much promise in the gospel for so little required on our part. And as you mentioned earlier, Bill, there are Latter-day Saints who do listen to the show. We know that for a fact. If you're a Latter-day Saint and you're wondering, how much do I have to do? According to Harold B. Lee, it's very little. And yet he just went through a whole litany of things that you have to do in order to get that. And then he cites to you 2 Nephi 25:23, which says that you have to do all you can do in order to obtain the grace. So much of Mormonism is an if-then statement. If you do it, 
then. It's not then and then if later. It's, it doesn't go backwards. It is something that is required for every individual who hopes to receive exaltation. They have to do it all. And so I don't think that is so little required. And if there's anything that we learn from the statements that we have read today from Stand Ye in Holy Places, it is that there are things that you must do, and only after you do them can you hope to receive that grace that is so very important, even for the Latter-day Saint. Let me close today's show by just thanking all of you who helped support this effort. And if you would like to help support this radio ministry, we have a special going on right now. If you go to our website, mrm.org, and hit the Donate button, that'll take you to PayPal. There is a little box there. And if you would put the words PDF in the box along with the call letters of the radio station that you are listening to. And if you listen by podcast, merely put the state that you live in. We would like to send you a PDF file of my book, In Their Own Words, a collection of Mormon quotations. This is a book that's almost 400 pages long, as well as a bonus PDF of the notes that we have been using for this week and the past week, just to show our appreciation for supporting this radio ministry. And we thank you for that. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism. All of us at Mormonism Research Ministry want to thank you for listening to Viewpoint on Mormonism. We are honored to provide effective information that hopefully encourages you to share your Christian faith with friends and loved ones. As with all missionary organizations, the generous support of friends like you is necessary for effective ministry. During this holiday season, would you prayerfully consider a year-end donation to MRM to help give us a much-needed financial boost into the new year? Your tax-deductible gifts are much appreciated and will be used to further our efforts at MRM.